Oh, some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 114 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. Um, I'm back, the host is with the mostest, and I'm also joined by a man who's um, come out this week in support of the truckers up in uh, Canada, Barney. How are you, mate? Flying the flag? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know about that, but I was running fuel to them uh, constantly, keep making sure their hands and feet are nice and warm, so, you know, stand in solidarity, right? Yeah, oh, you got to stand with them. Um, those boys are doing it tough. What are they parked with? A, a, I would imagine a bag of Doritos on their chest, um, honking horns. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, everyone's got to do their bit. Um, exactly. Halsey, you would have been watching a fair bit of the Winter Olympics, I would imagine. Yeah, been getting into the uh, the monobog. Um, okay. For those who Talk know the sport, it's there. I don't. Uh, it's a, it's <laughs> no a colloquial term that us in the sport kind of use. <laughs> it's uh, it's the mono toboggan, the the singular. Oh, yeah. to, uh, sorry, the bobsled um so yeah that's i i'll be honest i don't know if that's a new event or it was in the last uh olympics but uh, it's uh it's a good one yeah i believe it's new for the women i don't believe it's been a f- it, so in the women's sport before but it's been okay in the men's, I not believe. a completely new sport then yeah. yeah watched a lot of those sort of luge type um skeleton ones yeah the skeleton the regular luge the bobsleds um all that yeah it's, it's been great Kind of sounds like you made it up, but uh, okay. If you tell me <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, thing, yeah. I believe it's a thing. Oh, the thing I've enjoyed most is that American guy with the, um, you know, those big pucks or the ice. Oh, bricks the curling, that, yeah, it's the curling, down. yeah. And yeah. he's got those like dope um, Nike dunks that he wears. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's got a snapback hat yeah. as well. Yeah, like a pair of Ben and Jerry's on the other day. They're hard to get. Oh, actually, speaking of ultra American, um, <laughs> the American <laughs> skeleton, uh, one of the ladies in the competition, she had like. Because they go head first, obviously. She yeah. had a helmet, and on the top of the helmet was like just like the face of a bald eagle. So oh, she's yeah. like face down, going down. It's just like yeah. this eagle flying, flying and like, forward. yeah. So it's awesome. pretty patriotic. Yeah, and um, I'm sure she had like a suit pulled all the way up so you couldn't see the Mount Rushmore tattoo across her back. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. All the names uh, of the presidents down her arm. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we better get into it. Oh, we're one down, but he um he tells us he he join he will join later. Um, he said he's going for a 5k run. That was about two hours ago, so he should be home <laughs> yeah. anytime soon. We'll call the police. We'll call it. Yeah. Um, so we've got some weekly happenings to get through. We've got some Champions League. We've got some EPL review, and then we're on to preview. So stacked up show, um, due to the amount of football that's happening. So we better not waste any more time. Barney, hit us with the weekly happenings. What have we got going on in the world of football? Alrighty, let me take you back to Barcelona in 2021. Uh, we all remember it. Mess, big uh, crocodile tears. Pessy, his big oh, farewell. Yeah. <laughs> his big farewell over in uh, in Barcelona, and uh, he, yeah, we, we all saw the footage. He was crying. All the players were there. Current some ex players came to pay their respects or whatever. Um, and I think we all remember Serginho Dest. He was rocking the Chicago Bulls basketball top, which was quite unusual because all the players were sort of dressed much more appropriately. Like a um, funeral, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had the shades on and sort of like looked like he was very cash. Do you well, have the black um, vest on so it looked like he was uh, in mourning or not? <laughs> yeah. You got the traditional red. 
<laughs> no, it's a black Ray Bans on. Okay. To show his show his condolences. But apparently it's come out that uh he didn't even know that the farewell was on and he was down at the beach sunbaking. <laughs> and they had to go they had to go <laughs> pick him up at the beach and bring him into the farewell because he completely forgot. Surely at that point you're just like, oh, just count me out and tell him that I'm doing extras or something. Yeah, I'm working on my corners or something. <laughs> but like out of all the players in that room, he was probably the one of the ones who could have missed it and no one would be like, oh, where's Des? He's like, oh, yeah. well, he's, yeah. not, he's not I'll there. He'd only just been at the club for like under a year. Like, yeah, very, very that's, unusual. And it's like one of those about Messi a lot. when you're new at a company or something and you see like a big sort of invite go out for a pretty important sounding meeting and like, oh, was that meant for me? Like, do I need to go to this? Seems like it's just like sea levels or something. And then turns out he was meant to go to that one. Yeah. I think it would have topped that if he had like a, um, a hollowed out pineapple with a straw coming out the top. Still, like, yeah. Pina colada. He's yeah, like, he's actually hammered oh, the whole yeah. time. Yeah, just baked. Yeah. <laughs> or they, or they brought him in. Or you, and they like, take your sunnies off. Yeah, take your sunnies off. He's got that like tan, yeah. tan goggle tan on. Or if they just brought him in on the sun lounge, he was on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> just, just picked it up. You know, lounge. the back of him have wheels and you just like wheeling. Oh, around. yeah. Wheeling. Or he's yeah, sitting like the auditorium in, the, in like the, the rows and he's on the end row with like an esky next to him, just like <laughs> smashing some beers, some uh, Estrellas. Estrellas. Oh, very nice. <laughs> from um, Alrighty. So there is a mutiny happening at West Ham, apparently. This is all in the, in the rumor mill at the moment. So we all know about. Cat kicker Zuma. Cat gate. Who, yeah, yeah, cat gate. Who uh, obviously, yeah, abusing the cat. Cat's got taken off him. Got fined two weeks wages and has actually seemed to have blown up in the club's face because now all the players are pissed at how much he's getting paid compared to them. So he's the top earner at the come club. Out. Oh. Yes, because they publicly um, said he's the pres- fine. Like said, two yeah, weeks wages. Two, yeah, and 250 grand and yeah. they're like, what do you mean? And then, yeah, it was – so they figured out he's on the most money and apparently now they're all wanting pay rises. Everyone was like, 250 grand. A month's wages, that's harsh. That's harsh. Like, oh, yeah. two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the academy players are like, man, he's not getting paid all year. Yeah, geez. yeah. You know the academy kid who was like cleaning his boots is like, what? I've got the worst fucking Christmas bonus ever. It's fucking yeah, terrible. John McGinn's like, wait, you lads are getting paid? Yeah. It's like that meme from um, meet the um, – I forget the movie name. Yeah. Where the Millers. Have you seen that one? <laughs> That's yeah, the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great format. But yeah, so it's causing a bit of chaos at the club uh, potentially. And it's uh this has really just got legs, hasn't it? This uh this whole cat gate and it's uh it could keep carrying on for weeks. Oh, so it, sorry, yeah. hold is it a bigger story than it needs to be? Like stay with me on this, right? Yeah. I, we're all for not beating up on cats and kicking cats, right? That that goes without saying. But I mean all this media, all this press, all these fines. His brother got um, was he, is it late Norian? His brother is that or something like that. Um, you released stood, in here or something? Yeah, yeah, stood down or released that's, or that's, something like that. Was he involved though? Yeah, well, was he, he was there? filming apparently, oh, and, and like, yeah, in the background okay. they didn't yeah, like that. But fair. I mean, it does seem a lot for for kicking a cat, doesn't it? I don't know. Graham oh, Souness yeah. is on his back. Like it, oh, it seems Souness went back. in on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did too. Soon, oh, you know, Souness has fifty cats now. Is the cat yeah. guy. <laughs> Soon as isn't one for a rash, like um, extreme, like attack on someone. That's for sure. Nobody touches my pussies. That's 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, Sunus doesn't even need an excuse. He will like have a go at someone for doing the right thing. Yeah, and then yeah, someone does the yeah, wrong thing, he's like loading of, up from 50. Yeah, the only that thing one. that made that pissed Sunus off out of that whole thing, that was, it wasn't Pogba that did it. That was the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we and we thought um, Des didn't know what day it was. That's uh, Sunus on a good day. Coming from a Liverpool supporter. If, <laughs> if uh if Pogba did it, holy shit, I'd love to see Sunus's reaction. They'd be like, I've been telling you for years. I've been telling you. Yeah. I think the works, yeah. the whole thing though, it's like, yeah, if it's just that the kicking the cat thing, I think, yeah, it's getting a bit um uh sort of out there. But I think like you said, this whole fallout from it is where like it's got the legs and it's carrying a bit, I think. So um I it can't go much longer, but I think it's um it's got to be. It's got to be near the end, surely. Surely, it's, it's yeah. run its course. It's run its it course. De- yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, we've got a hot update for the listeners back at home. Jobber has finally special rocked guest up, has arrived. Seventeen yeah. minutes late, and he's wearing his shirt where he's ripped the sleeves off again. Again, <laughs> hey mate, have you dropped the heart rate yet? Or he's still? <laughs> <laughs> it's, get, it's getting down there. Um, it's a singlet. Sam is the term you're looking for. So the only on? kind of top that Jobber wears. Uh, <laughs> by the way. Well, if it's all a singlet, why is you? Why has it got a tie on it? I don't get it. And do they all come with like the the like the waist t- tucked into the neck bit and pulled back down through? Yeah, yeah belly button. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, it like slaps on my ass because the pants are chapless. So. <laughs> Obviously, ah, that's why it took so long in the gym. They got too many mirrors in there, don't they? <laughs> Couldn't find your way out. It's like a maze, like that oh, weekend video clip, God. like a bird with shiny things. Yeah. Alrighty, let's move on to. Erling Haaland and his idol, his childhood idol, has spoken out on where he wants to go next. So I might be a bit slow on this one, but did you guys know that Michu from Swansea is Haaland's idol? Or one of his idols? Yeah. 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 Is that one? I thought you were going to say, did you know Michu was still playing? There you go. No, no, he retired years ago. But he's he's, uh, one of Haaland's idols and he like, Constantly talks to him. Like they yeah, always. He must have had him in fantasy Premier League yeah. during like 2014 sort of season. I yeah, think it was. probably. Well, I thought it was R. Kelly, but there you go. R. Kelly. I'd have to court trial, mate. Come on. But um, yeah, so Harlan's speaking out and he said that uh, basically he said that Harlan's done with Dortmund. He doesn't want to continue playing with them past this season because he wants to play with a team that is uh, ultra competitive in the Champions League and he reckons he'll go to Barcelona. Which he should probably check the the La Liga table because they're sitting about six or seven at the moment and very <laughs> unlikely to probably even make Champions League. Check the La Liga table and get six months of your wages paid in advance because there's a fair chance that like he'll get there and they're like, oh, that's right, we can't register anyone, so he'll sit on the bench for our free sangria after <laughs> it, the game. It, though. It's a fire sale, boys. Um, so, Barney, was it was he wants to be at a club in the Champions League? Or he wants to go to Barcelona. No, yeah, he was, he was saying he was saying that he um, he wants to play for a club that is competing competing consistently in the Champions League and like going deep in the comp. And uh, Michu also said he sees him going to somewhere like Barcelona. The the only loser out of the him going to Barcelona, um, you would have to imagine, is uh, PK. He's thinking they're going. I just can't sustain another pay cut at this rate. <laughs> Secure is not working. Yeah. I'm getting pay cuts left, right, and center. He's really, he's really struggling over there for sure. All righty. And last one we got here the big six in the EPL are at it again. They've tried to push through 
well, not the big six, but the the uh, EPL have tried to push through a new owner's charter, which uh, had in it that you could only qualify for the Champions League on sporting merit, which is how it's done now. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, top four go through. But um, UEFA are potentially going to bring in a new rule where two teams from each of the big leagues can qualify on uh, their European ranking. And they're holding out what? for that and they don't want to sign up to this new charter, which would not allow them to do that. So by European ranking, how is that done? I'm not familiar it's like with the history. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it'd be coefficient, which is over like before. four or five years, so I think, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's really the it's really the money of so, it there. Yeah. yeah so money, the big yeah. six voted for it. The everyone else voted against it. And then Nottingham Forest voted for it. After all those cups, they're thinking, geez, we, we might get a nod here. Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa. Yeah, Villa. Yeah, Villa. Yeah, Villa. Yeah, Blackburn. Yeah. yeah. 84, hey? Yeah. What about you? Villa, like, hang on, let, let's hear him out here. Let's hear him out. But, yeah, I guess this is, uh, again, pretty ridiculous from the the big six. And, I mean... It's just going to blow up in their face again, isn't it? Like we yeah. saw the outcry from the fans last time. Like, sure, it's just going to happen again if they try and do that but, shit again. But like, even their sorry, Halsey, even their own fans are the ones who, yeah, ha- like, yeah, all if, fans, if you're, yeah, all fans, right? But if you're Manchester United and you genuinely don't make the top four, show me the fan that's like, nah, we deserve to be in there based on what happened in 1999. Um, I'll let's uh, buy our way in. It's like, for the no, listeners, I'll put a photo of Jobber up on the Instagram if you want to actually <laughs> see that. No, but I, I, I agree, but I think it's a it's a generational shift, Sean, that you know, we're probably not in an age group that truly understands because we're like traditionalists and we're like, yeah, this is how it should be. And, you know, our forefathers would have been more traditional than us. But the next generation's like, you want to see the stars, you wanna see even if the stars aren't as good as they but, potentially should be. But by definition, they are not the stars if they didn't finish in the top four. You are literally not the mm. best four teams in the country, so why would you be in there? Yeah, but they're on ads on TV doing tricks. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. And they have do you ever have seen Jaden Sancho do a nutmeg? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, never, I've never seen him um, <laughs> about what do saying. a goal recently either. So he's done, only ever <laughs> do a done shoot, one do a score, yeah. as the Americans say. <laughs> one or two of them. Bloody hell, you up that ratio, I tell you what. But yeah, I think uh, I think we're all in agreement. So it's going to blow up in their face, and I kind of can't wait to see it. Even though it involves all of our clubs, bar Sean, so Sean will be laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. Alrighty, let's get into some UCL games that happened this morning, and we start off with PSG one, Real Madrid nil, and it was a very defensive game from the Spanish jobber. Yeah, can I say it? Yeah, it was. Um, I think I think there was a a significant gulf in quality that I hadn't really noticed before between the two teams. Um, but they were very happy to defend. I was flicking between this and the Manchester United game, but th- they just they didn't seem anywhere near the quality of PSG for me. I feel I feel like with Real Madrid, it's like a I don't know, it's sort of a been a sneaky thing for me at least because I don't I don't watch them all the time except maybe Champions League. So it seems like the age of their squad. Like the average age of their squad feels like it's jumped up to like 47. Like I feel like, <laughs> especially quick. that midfield, it's just like you're looking at it and you're like, wait a minute, I feel like they were the guys that I was watching back in like 2008. <laughs> Is that like that, son? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's it feels like that because they were the guys you're watching, <laughs> yeah. watching back then. Yeah, that's why. There's your problem. But what, what do you think about the, the penalty that was given? Carvajal's tackle on um, Mbappe. That looked like a, a pen to me and probably a dumb yeah. decision. 
Yeah. You know, you know it's you know it's bad when the player who gives away the pen doesn't even try and argue his way out of it. He just yeah. like turns around and goes, ah fuck, I just yeah. got the most obvious pen. But where's away. he going? Mbappe's going to the touch line on his left foot, like that's too tight to do anything. And even if he got a cross out, it'd be one of those crosses that you sort of have to dig out out of your feet yeah. and just sort of held up, dinked up to the back post. So it wasn't just wasn't a dangerous situation, an unusual decision by Carvajal. Do you think that Carvajal could have given a penalty away in the first half too? The when push? Mbappe, yeah, the push. I, I thought yeah. if he'd gone down, that's a penalty. Mbappe yeah, didn't make so much of it. I think if you make, if he had made more of that, um, like if he would have been, you know, like a Ronaldo or, um, you know, like <laughs> a Mo Fernandez, Salah or yeah. Harry Kane or someone like that. I'll do you take know what it, I mean? I'll take it. Yeah. One from each club, that's nice. Jamie Vardy. Um, but it, <laughs> I suppose the story, nah, the Madison, story of the game. That's yours. The story of the game uh, story is like the goal from Mbappe. That was outrageous. Yeah. That was so good. Holy shit. Oh, I think the defending could Real Madrid were hanging on there. They were like, oh, away from home, nil all. We'll take him back to the yeah. Bernabeu. Yeah, well, this this is going okay. And then, yeah, just finally um, something from Mbappe come off. But he looked dangerous the, the whole game. But I heard I heard um, one of the pundits after the show, uh, Andy Brassel, he was talking about um, how the penalty they gave away earlier um, was like, drove a lot of the defending in that uh, Mbappe goal because Militao came across and he actually Very could tentative. have put a foot in, but then yeah. he pulled back because he thought yeah. he was going to give away a pen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what they re- he reckoned was like driving his decision to do that is because he didn't want to give away um, another pen. Especially was, that minute, right? 94 yeah, minutes. Yeah, like 94 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I think, and to your point, Josh, about Real Madrid, I think Carlo's getting a lot out of that squad. I think he's they're a bit probably overachieving for what they are at the moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, the league has dropped off a little, but like they're he's getting a lot out of those players, and he's probably and they I, I feel like they like everyone's doing a better job than Barcelona with player management at the moment. But like um, they've been doing pretty well with sort of like betting in younger players. They're coming through and mixing it with the older players. Like um, Vinicius has come through pretty well. Rodrigo's coming through well. I think Valverde in their midfield as well. They're sort yeah, of yeah. reading him in a bit. Um, it might not pay off in the next couple of years if like though Cruz and those guys really fall off a cliff. But I think they're doing a pretty good job of it for what their squad composition is. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. They seem like they often do seem like they do, but I think it's like yeah, they do like the whole squad is like their normal that sort of aged a bit squad, like late twenties, early thirties sort of squad, and then they bring in like one like twelve year old and just brings the average right down. And they, they play them, they do like one at a time. They'll bring like a super mm. young person with the squad. They'll play for a couple of years and then they'll be like appropriately seasoned. And then they'll they'll like bring in another one sort of thing, like which is probably the best way to do it. And then before you know it, they'll have like a, a well-seasoned squad. But like yeah. goes again. Um, yep. But th- th- I think this tie is still tightly poised. I think um, going back to Real Madrid, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got through and I wouldn't be surprised if PSG beat them again really. So. It is tight in this one, unlike the next one. PSG do know how to bottle it in the Champions League knockout stages as well. So that'll be interesting to see if they do that. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, next game we got here, Sporting nil, Man City 5. And before I throw to you, Sean, I just want to just highlight how Man City have ruined 5 nil wins in football now. Well, they're so boring. They, they just dominate teams so much and they're so but, often. Yeah, that, but I think they were just... As, I think a few things that stood out for me, right? So, yes, they were very dominant, but most of their goals didn't come from like um, pieces of like interplay or like breaking teams down. 
it was just like the wave of control of the game. So they spent a lot of time in the front third. And like you saw some of the goals are a little bit scrappier, a little bit half chance and stuff like that. Phil Foden's goal, Mares' goal, for example, um, you know, it was just sort of like accumulation of pressure rather than anything else. Um, so that's that's my first point. My second point is how fucking skinny Amares ankles get a calf <laughs> yeah. raise in your life. What, oh, where yeah. his legs get skinnier? Is that Verano level? Going on? Oh my god, they're like. <laughs> Friday's anyway, he's, he's got the skinniest legs I've ever seen in my life for a professional footballer. Um, but then the main point and what everyone really, really wants to talk about is uh, Bernardo Silva. How fucking good is he and how good was that volley? The technique it's, to hit that was just three-second goal. Oh, outrageous. Yeah, some good finishing because he had the disallowed goal as well, which... Um, header, yeah. Yeah, but like they're all really like nice finishes. Just like he's, he seems like this year, like he's obviously always been a good player. And, and like this year, that particularly, his finishing has just like been so clinical. I got Zidane vibes off that volley. Just the, oh, the amount of techniques oh, yeah. that was required. That hip um, and knee that up over it. Yep. Oh, Man, I heard um I heard an EPL commentator a couple of weeks ago talk about how volleys are one of the easiest skills to master in the game. <laughs> That's and right. I'm like, have you ever played football, mate? Yeah, like mate. that. What Bernardo Silva did is so difficult. Well, it wasn't and- mate. This guy wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, I, I feel like even he would have a smarter comment than that guy about it. It was one of the commentators. He doesn't get much airtime and was trying to probably to have a hot take. Jim but Sherwood. Jim Sherwood. He gets he gets more airtime than he should, mate. Don't worry about that. But no, oh. it was a it was a very dominant display from yeah. Man City, and yeah, I think they the commentators in this game were like, "Yep, yeah, this tie is over at halftime when they were four 0 up." Yeah, just just quickly before we move on from this one, I, I don't know, and we might touch on it again with the next the Premier League result for Man City, but I I kind of find it a bit boring to, to talk about these guys now when they're winning four 0 five 0 back to back. It's like. Yeah, they're scoring goals and they're generally pretty good goals, but it's like you check the scores in the morning, you're like, ah, they won 4 0 again. Not really surprised. Right. Probably going to be, you know, a battering. And I just so, don't find it as exciting. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And it kind of like depends what you're into, right? So I got that f- the same feeling of watching um, Spain when they, when they were dominant. I think they won the, the Euros, World Cup, and then Euros back mm. to back, I think it was. Um, and that team, like, everyone was like, oh my God, they're amazing. I'm like, yeah, they're amazing. And I appreciate them for what they are. But I mean, if you want to go and sit down and as a neutral and watch a football game, I was like, they're probably one of the last teams you'd yeah. play, right? You'd play yeah. probably the last teams you'd watch because they pass teams to death and it's like a slow, choking death to the end and the outcome is almost inevitable. So as a neutral, yeah, then I wouldn't say they're exciting to watch at all, no. I think, I think it depends on the type of football fan you are too. Like if you're someone Here who enjoys again. the analytical side, you're like, oh, look at that, 80% possession, you know, XG of 5 million, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I, I go with you, Sean. I reckon they're not a good watch. Like you can watch them and be like, wow, the stuff they do is so amazing. Yeah. But it just, yeah, it just sucks the life out. Same with Barcelona in the 2000s. Like yeah. the people who were like, oh, they're amazing to watch, they do this and this and this, honestly would never have sat through a whole 90 minutes of it because it – it's pretty goddamn boring. How many, but, how many times can you watch the ball go to the byline and get cut back and tapped in? Yeah. Or, or that's just a, missed. Like, you're you're struggling with the same focus that the defenses are. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, I give up. the shit you out of me. Another like, cup of tea. Yeah. 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 No, Someone think, rip one in behind. That's <laughs> the thing. I will say about that 2000 sort of era Barcelona team is at least I think some of their non-goal highlights were good to watch too because some, some of their middle of the field passing was actually like 
like kind of you see glimpses of it with Tiago now even like it's it's it was it was fun to watch at times the passing whereas here it is just like that you know Amarez coming inside or oh, oh, am I going on my left now nah, I'm going on the byline kind of back Sterling tap in yeah and then um you had Ronaldinho too back then which he was always entertaining to watch I found made it more interesting didn't he yeah yeah Alrighty, let's get straight into the EPL action and we're going to start with a Man United double header. Uh, they had a game on the weekend and they had a catch-up game this morning against Brighton. So we'll start with the shit one. That was against Southampton um, and then we'll move on to the somewhat better but not that good still game against Brighton. So Jobber, what happened against Southampton? Um, yeah, look, pretty abject display against him. Uh, Ralph Ralph Hasenhutl was very vocal post game, actually saying that Manchester United don't have any reverse gears. Um, but he did what have the mean? previous. It means they don't defend. Um, <laughs> uh, he did have the previous ninety minutes that he could sort of rely on. But no, look, it wasn't wasn't a great display all round. A um, couple of snippets in there from Jaden Sancho. I think we got a goal in there from Paul Pogba. But again, nothing to write home about. But this morning, oh jeez, tell you what. Bloody rattled Brighton this morning, didn't they? Yeah, just just before we get into that, that performance, I just want to bring up a, a stat here. So at, at halftime, Brighton led in possession, pass accuracy, attacking third touches, penalty area touches, shots, shots on target, and expected goals as the away team at Old Trafford. And it showed. Yeah, at, you could see and it. So, and so of those expected goals, how many did they end up with? But uh, what your stats will back up my notes from the game, Barney. So I, I sort of had that, yeah, Brighton sort of beat them to the punch. It felt like that, um, especially early, man, you were like, we're going to play out from the back no matter what. Job, you love this analogy. Um, and we're going <laughs> to stick to that no matter what. When Brighton were clearly in the first 15 minutes going, or oh, we're going to press them and try and get something out of them early. When I feel as though Manchester United could have played some longer stuff or more direct stuff and got them out of holes. Um, initially, I think there was one instance where Fred gave something away critical um, that, that Brighton should have oh, done, done better on. Fucking but hell. It, there was but, no one there. Yeah. You know exactly what he's talking about. Shaw, Shaw was going to come through. I think that's what he had in his head. Oh, that's <laughs> what I thought the run <laughs> that Shaw was going to come through. But yeah, they, they were dominant early. And then I think I even texted you, Joel, and said, like, man, you look like a team where they uh, Ralph wants them to have a lot of interplay and a lot of rotations. So like high connection with each other and the rotations and the the interplay to play through the middle, but they look like a team of individuals who are disconnected. So like they're trying to take one extreme and plug it into as as an actual team that is like the other extreme, which is why it looks so disjointed. And yeah, just their their quality of their signings and players they've got just dug them out of the hole. But um, to I win feel again. like I agree with you, Sean. But I feel like they they seem to either be like really completely the other way where they're just like, oh, we're not doing it. Or they seem to buy into it so much that they don't realize how to play football. Like they were so committed this morning in that first half. And Brighton were absolutely dominant in the first half. Like honestly, no qualms about it. They were so far the better team. and that, But Mejus just couldn't figure their way out of it. Like and they seemed they were so adamant about trying to do that that it was so ugly so often. Yeah. So, and like they, they, they just didn't think about it. And the only yeah, success was like Bruno it. Fernandes looked a bit risky at times, but that was it. They they didn't think about it, and that's isn't that the point? Right? Like um like if you've got your methodology and you're like this is what we train, this is what we try and play with, but that's our methodology. So at some point, if you have to deviate from that and say, hey, this isn't working for five minutes, well, let's turn around and move up the pitch or something like that. Then just do it for that five minutes and then go back to your methodology. But they, yeah, I agree with you. They sort of stick to it, 
or get to the stage where they're like, fuck, we actually have to go and win this game. We better try and do something different. I know it's been mentioned a few times, not just by us, but by others, but like watching United still recently, it's like nothing has changed since Oli. It's like, and I don't know, Job, if you notice anything even slightly different, but like it seems to be the exact same game plan going out there, which is there isn't really a game plan. It's just dig us out of a hole because you're all really good players or you individually. Yeah, even then, I don't know if they're individually good players. Like, well, one thing that stood out for me this morning was like obviously the possession that that um, Brighton had not, and there was like I mentioned to you guys in the group chat. I'm like, are United not doing this whole like Ranier press style thing anymore because they just they just sat off Brighton so much. Even when Brighton had ten men for periods there, it looked like it was eleven v eleven again because they just didn't take advantage of that. Um, and I think in that middle third, uh, I know I used to bag on them a bit, but they did have a good run for a bit, but. Fred and McTominay were pretty honking again today with their turnovers particularly. Like, win the ball back and stuff like that. Um, but just turn it straight back over, it was, it was pretty bad, pretty hard to watch. I think you can see um, definite differences in this team and style than you can in Ollie's. But I think the results are the same. That's probably the biggest thing that, that's similar where, you know, you, you putter along, you don't do too well, and then you get bailed out because you've got Ronaldo or because you've got, um, you know, Sancho or something like that. But I think I'm, I'm not as far gone as um, as your mentor, Barney um, Merson, who was saying that he thinks <laughs> Ranik's so bad that um, not only at the end of this um, little stub period will he um, not be the manager anymore, that he's starting to doubt whether he'll even go upstairs at Manchester United. Whoa. So. Geez, that's yeah. from Paul Merson that, too. You've got to take that seriously. Carries some weight. That's a bit like, extreme. A lot of his own so weight. I'm probably yeah. one of the most one of the path. most disciplined players I ever remember seeing. Um, that's he was incredible. at that Tuesday training session all the time. <laughs> and the Monday Tuesday one. club. Um, no, but um, yeah, look, it's it's pretty fair. But I think like it was very fortunate that after halftime, Brighton appeared to just forget to come out of the change rooms, um, particularly Lewis Dunk. Just sort of uh, hovering around on the ball there and basically gave him the game. And then Bruno Fernandez lashed one home to finish at Barney. So both those gold routes are over. So great news. Do you do you think it was a red card? Yep. I, I, I'm not. I'm all right with the red card. But I did think that I wasn't surprised they didn't try and argue more. Maybe they did about how I forget the other centre back's name. Webster. Webster. I thought Webster, Webster was coming around. He was. I yeah. honestly thought he was, and I thought it was at least in line, or at least like it's not a clear goal scoring opportunity. I think that's that's the because he got to the, the ball because he just as it there. came in. Yeah, yeah, he got to the ball just as it came inside the box, and obviously Alanga had been mm. brought down. But that means that Alanga at earliest could have got to the ball before I got in the box and would have had to take a first time shot or beat Webster. So. Yeah. So, anyway. like, if he's taking a first-time shot, it's like a goal-scoring opportunity. It's outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, but it's being closed down by a defender. Isn't it meant to be a clear, clear goal-scoring opportunity, though? Yeah, not but just you, you could say that about anything then. So, someone gets clipped in the middle of the park and the ball's rolling back to me and I'm at halfway and I'm like, I'm going to shoot now. So, therefore, my, <laughs> yeah. oh, I took a first-time shot. So, that was a goal-scoring opportunity. Like, Yeah. On. Yeah, I know it's meant to be like the in one-on-one with a keeper or at least, but, yeah, I feel like he was – it was borderline. I'm surprised that they overturned it is probably it. The, the last thing I want to cover on this is um, Raphael Varane's uh, injury status. 
So he did the warm up oh. and come in after the warm up injured. So has he had so one of chicken the, ankles, like, mate? One of the worst sick. starts. Apparently, he was one sick. of the worst starts to uh, um, a Manchester United career ever. Like he's, he's just injured all the time, isn't he? But but when he came to United, he he said he wanted to come and 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 try something different and challenge himself. So uh, I think he's really so it was, stepped it was up. A triple spicy chicken burger at Nando's. Yeah, the fried chicken over in England's a bit <laughs> more heated than too many poor pies before he went out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty, let's uh, let's move on to the kings of boredom, Manchester City four, Norwich City Make nil. Quick. I mean, we all saw this one coming. We all had our predictions in. I don't think anyone predicted four. I think everything was five or above. Yeah, I, I got this one wrong. Boys. I predicted, Sorry, I predicted four. five. Yeah, I said six one. Did so, when Grant Hanley struck the post, did you think it could be six one? No. No, me either. <laughs> it was it was almost <laughs> exciting. I was like, oh, he's well, in the post. Well, we said <laughs> Yeah, we all said that if Norwich scored, they had to score in the first minute or two and they didn't. I was just so, like, yeah. don't, don't make go. don't make them angry, Grant. It'll only make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's da- it's dangerous um, to score did, against. Did him. everyone did everyone see Pet's comments during the week about not getting asked out for dinner by um, Jackie Boy, Phil, and Kyle Walker? Uh, I think I did no. see, but just refresh my memory. So um, those boys were photographed out for dinner, I think, the day before um, a game. So match day minus two, I think it was. And, um, yeah, they were like, oh, what are they doing out? They shouldn't be out this close to a game, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they told Pep that and they showed Pep the photo inside the press conference. And he expecting him to like you know flip out like you know oh no Mendy's in uh, Dubai when no no he's actually not at one of those situations um, no Pep did quite the opposite he was like that's fine um, they weren't drinking they reported the training on time the next day and the only thing that I have a problem with is that they didn't invite me and they will be getting fined for not inviting him. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how intense intense it is being like a player under Pep and then. Imagine going to dinner with him. It would be like the same thing, but just at a dinner table rather than in a in a change room or out in the out in the track. It'd be so intense at a dinner. Imagine yeah. I reckon Bielsa would be the most intense at dinner. Bielsa, Bielsa be. Yeah, Bielsa, Tuchel, Pep, bottom Pep. three for dinner ever. Pep, I think Pep <laughs> would be the worst because like they'd come over and you're like, oh, I might get the I'll get the fish cakes, thanks, and then Pep looks at you like. Oh, like actually make it a cob salad to start with. Yeah, he's ordering yeah, for the yeah. table because he has the most refined yeah. palate. Yeah. yeah, like a bit of a Dennis Reynolds type situation. Yeah. <laughs> Job you'd order Dr Pepper and he'd be like, no, no. <laughs> Dr. Like Dr. Dr Pepper <laughs> with the with the best pizza stuck inside the yeah. second best pizza. Yeah. So. Don't think we didn't see you chowing down on that Hawaiian pizza just, <laughs> just when you got on the pod, mate. All right, move on, move on, Sam. <laughs> let's, let's let's talk about Spurs, Sam. Let's talk about something that will cheer all of us up. Uh, do I have to? Go on, I'll do a quick intro for you, Sam. So, uh, Wolves 2, Tottenham 0. One team roaring towards a Champions League spot. One team drifting into nothingness again. Go on, Sam. Drifting into that mid-table battle. Yeah, it was... was uh, I couldn't really put it into words. What about uh, frustrating? Very frustrating it was, you. It was... It was... Like, I was watching it and I was like, am I watching Leicester defend here? Like, this is just terrible some of the defending that's going on here and some of the some of the some of the passes and just like poor decision making was was just i was so bad and 
the I think it was the second, like the first goal was ridiculous. The second goal was absolutely comical with how it went down with like three Spurs players slipped over, fall on the floor, and then Dendonka just walks it through. So he ran through five it. Spurs players and a keeper oh my before God. he reacted. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I just like he shafted Sessegnon like very early on at like 27th minute mark. And um, I think it was because they end up changing to a 4 2 3 1. Uh, and he prefers Kulisevsky out there. But, yeah, the weird, the weird thing with that back three is that two of those back three have played so much football in a back three, yet they don't seem to know how to play in a back three. <laughs> so it's just I don't, I don't know what's going on. We've seemed to have regressed quite significantly. Like we were progressing slowly and now we've gone backwards. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably panic stations about now. Oh, only now, just now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, uh, the thing that got me, I think, that I can't get out of my mind is the Loris flapping at that first goal. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was why so did he punch it the second bad. time? <laughs> like oh. the first one. Okay, you parry the shot. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the perfect parry, but that's fine. That's not ex- expected all the time. But then it came back, and it was. I don't know. I got to see maybe a reverse angle, but it looked very, very. Nah, catchable. I've seen multiple angles. It's all bad. It's all catchable. Yeah. yeah or even he, the defender could have headed it. But that's the anything. thing is he's punching it away from his own defender. Yeah. So it's just it made no it made no sense. And like why we were like sitting back and letting uh wolves of all teams to press you at home, like they like and just like just recede and just constantly be on the back foot was just it was just terrible. Terrible game. So, Barney, obviously very impressive from Wolves. Again, defensively stout, not conceding again. So that's 21 goals scored and 17 against. Uh, 21 is the second last in the division. But do you think they're, if not favourites, but they're coming towards favouritism for that fourth spot just based on form and what seems to be a fairly upward trajectory? Yeah, I, I, out of if you go from United all the way down to Tottenham, I'll probably include Tottenham at the moment, but out of those five teams, Wolves look the most consistent and assured of themselves um, for sure and can easily make a run at it. What So they're seven, six points behind United with two games in hand. So they could be even with United in the next when they catch up to them. And yeah, I'd, I would be backing them in and probably West Ham at the moment for the best chances of the fourth spot. I, I, would, I would have said Wolves or the Gunners, to be honest. I reckon it's those three. Mm. I reckon... To be honest, it's, it's for me. It's West Ham, Arsenal, or Wolves. I think United. Uh, so United and Tottenham are like my least convincing teams. But like United always just seem to hang in, hang around there. So you never know. Yeah, like rats. It was a it was a terrible game to watch and even be involved with. And uh, yeah, let's move on quickly from that one because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Alrighty. Uh, next up here is Liverpool one, Burnley nil. And the boys got it done on a cold, wet afternoon in Burnley, Josh. Yeah, I love it. I, I don't know. I, I meant to mention it in the group chat because you used to have that saying, well, still do, can you do it on a cold and rainy night in Stoke? And it's sort of transitioned in the last few years to can you do it on a cold and rainy night in, uh, in Burnley at Turf Moor? And uh, the boys did. So that's a nice one to check off the old bucket list, I'd imagine, for the players. <laughs> bucket list. <laughs> it's always a good one. Well, well done. Your beta team has got one win this year. Didn't you guys, uh, I think, draw them last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah, size, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was, yeah, it was all those one of those ones. It could have been a couple more. And uh, look, Burnley had a couple of chances at the start of the game, um, which would have been very interesting if they had been able to take them, and they didn't. Which you kind of like, oh well, that's then I guess that's why they're at the bottom. 
And then, yeah, Liverpool sort of stumbled one in off the corner, just, just barreled his way through Fabinho. So that was uh, good to see. He, he, I think they gave Allison a lot of saw a lot of uh, outlets give Allison as the uh, man of the match. But I thought Fabinho was by far and away the best player for both teams on that day. I thought that was a no-brainer. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys caught much of the highlights or anything, if you had any thoughts or anything. I did notice it? that Allison was um, Bub Weiser king of the match. That's that's the Ooh, one. That's one of the matters. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Burnley had some like genuinely good chances that they like should have yeah. scored from. There was like General not just Rodriguez. like half chances when you like a bad team playing a good team getting a lucky chance, but um, so yeah, some genuine ones they should have scored. Uh, like Veghorst missed an absolute like golden chance I yeah think, that one well. one they chipped yeah to nothing but, yeah but um that one they but I, th- I think it's also one of the things with liverpool that um you there's a good chance you'll get a couple of those a game because they just will push on and, high, and go yeah. for it no matter what so you're going to get those but um yes yeah, so it doesn't surprise me that liverpool were exposed like that at the back but yeah i guess pretty stock standard sort of win for them um maybe could have had one or two more good to see the afcon boys back in the system and uh, seeming up top, they might maybe a little leggy from that. But uh, yeah, good to good for them to get back on winning ways. And then yeah, Norwich, the, um, Norwich coming up too, so continue their tough run. Mm. Tough run, yeah. So you really got to capitalize on these games if you want to win the league or, or uh, make up a respectable gap on strong the robot, second. The robots on top. Yeah. It's really just a strong second at the moment. It's, it's yeah, not gonna, it's not keep it a respectable league, gap. Yeah, exactly. All right, and the last one we've got here was Leicester 2, West Ham 2. Shauno, I know you've got some strong opinions on this one. Fire away, mate. Fucking co- coach killers, I've called them, and um, and also fan killers. This is like this is so fucking frustrating for a Leicester fan to, to watch this game. First goal is Diop plays a dead straight ball over oh, the top. Yeah. And for some reason, Amate, Sionchu, and um, it was down um, Ricardo's side, but it was sort of he was so far pressed up that I would have thought James Justin would have come around. But, yeah, dead straight ball over the top. And then Bowen um, has a nice finish actually. Pass, yeah, pass not, not much you can do about nice. that, is there, Sean? Oh, yeah. Those long, those no, long straight ones. Like line, you're a centre-back um, <laughs> oh. and you see that coming. <laughs> you're just getting out of the way. His body shape too, like um, Diop is not like he's got a massive wind up too. It's not as if he's done like any type of look away pass. He can't wasn't it hiding it. That. Yeah, he like mm-hmm. rolled it out from under his feet, took a three step run up and launched it. Like I yeah. can tell he's playing a long ball, pointing the finger. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was the only thing that was missing, pointing the finger, and then um, and uh, Bowen just going like this, like oh in behind, in behind, go through, nah, go through, yeah. killer. So that was frustrating. Ten minutes in, but the boys did well for um that next sort of 60, 70 odd minutes after that actually. Um, I thought we were in control of the game. Um, Tillman's with a nice pen, struck it really, really well. Um, and Ricardo's goal, Ricardo Pereira's um, goal was nice as well. James Justin, a.k.a. the uh, Rafael Varane of Leicester, um, comes back from injury and gets injured <laughs> again, come off in the 31st minute. Um, but that's okay. Don't worry. We'll bring Wilfred and Didi back at centre-back and we'll be fine. Um, so, that yeah, it was a bit, that was a bit frustrating. But, I mean, the thing that absolutely kills you is, is at the end. With um, Craig Dawson, who's got the vertical leap of um, a one-legged Josh O'Brien, um, towers up and, and scores on the the ninety what fourth minute or something like that um, to give West Ham a point each, and and that and that's that that game is just like Leicester in a nutshell. Frustrating to start, you're like, oh, here we go, we're in control of the game. You get on top and even in front, um, and then just to throw it away 
on on a, a, a lofted corner that was headed in from four yards out inside the six yard box. When you're like, "Where's Casper?" It's a floated corner in. Like, come and catch it, come and punch it, come and do something. And as I Casper said, Dawson just rose like an absolute salmon um, and scored a header and killed us. So, Sean, a couple of things there. So that definitely was not a header. Um, I if Shoulder. that was my yes. team, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that was my only thing. I, I was think it's sleeve, isn't it? Yeah. It's sleeve. Yeah, I, I, this was under convenient time, this game, actually, so I got to watch most of it. And I genuinely felt like for the last 20 minutes that you're like, oh, they're going to equalize here. Like, like you just can't yeah. trust Leicester. Yeah. Um, but there were, some, there were some nice snippets in there from Harvey Barnes as well, which is quite pleasing. He looked dangerous, didn't he? They crossed the ball yeah, out to him really, a lot. Yeah, it looked really when, dangerous. When, when he isolates um, a defender, um, they the defender sort of um, – you know, gets on, on their heels a little bit and there was a little bit of like um, Mbappe light about him where he, when he got on the ball, like a lot of defenders are like, oh, don't leave your leg in there. Don't dive in on him. You know, there's real conscious of him. I, don't, I know it's like real basic shit, but I love watching him when he's confident and direct and you can see defenders shitting themselves. Like he just give him a bit of space, getting the ball early and when he's direct, he's just a joy to watch. He is very direct as well. Um, I think, uh, Sean, sure, no, it's disappointing, obviously, that you guys got the draw. Like, you should, definitely should have won it. But um, I think, like, like you said, that 60, 70-minute patch of dominance that you guys had basically over the game, like, that's pretty rare for you guys this season. So it's, like, good to see that you could, against a good team, do that. I know West Ham like to concede the ball a lot and, and sit back, but it's good signs for you at least that you could, like, give that <sighs> winless, still. Winless in four, but so just a bit of a caveat there. The um, it like I suppose it's it's frustrating, but it's positive at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I think that that's why they kill you because they give you just enough yeah. hope to think like, oh, we can get out of this, we can play our way through this. Look how nice they're playing. Look at this interplay. Look how fast and slick we we move. And then they just absolutely kill you with um, yeah, those, those goals. So yeah, like sixty minutes, we haven't dominated a game for that sort of time. But we've had like thirty minute patches and you know half and mm. half a game and stuff like that where we've looked okay, but. Yeah, I think that Leicester season in a nutshell in this game, I think. But it's it's like it's hard and I know as a Tottenham fan this season, like it's been we've had a very similar issue where starting games really poorly and it's so hard to win a game, like just like in the EPL anyway, but when you start like as poorly as like Leicester and Tottenham do sometimes, like there's you got no chance. Like just it just kills you from the start and it's hard to come back from. All righty. Let's move on to the preview uh, of the games this weekend. So we'll start at the Emirates and we've got Arsenal versus Brentford. Brentford are the current worst form in the league, even worse than the bottom three at the moment. They are on a terrible run. So how do we think they're going to fare at Arsenal? They did beat the boys uh, first round of the season. Can they repeat the feat or not? No way. Uh, I want to jump in real quick and say I don't think they can. Uh, maybe earlier in the season on that form, they could have like they did. But I think with the current form, it's going to continue. And um, Arsenal, I feel like I haven't watched them in ages. But uh, let's have a quick glance at their form. It's, they kept they kept cancelling games because their yeah, squad that'd be sucks. Why. Yeah, um, and they're <laughs> a bunch of cowards. I don't know you if just you remember them that. for the top four. Yeah, I know, but yeah, because they've got so many games in hand. Because they're like, oh, we can't yeah. play. One player's got a sniffle. If this uh, game does go ahead, um, I think Arsenal are going to get it done. Yeah, I think Ar- they Arsenal could. win this. 
The yeah. Arsenal will win this. There's no chance Brentford will beat them at the Emirates. I don't want to go the bees in this one, Sam. I just think because Arsenal haven't played in so long that um, I think Brentford are going to roll them. Yeah, unfortunately, I actually think Arsenal will win this game. I think Brentford have just looked really out of sorts recently and not even a Christian Eriksen comeback can pull them out of this hole, I don't think. So, <gasps> unfortunately. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a narrative, Sam? Oh. The ex-Spurs boy. Hey, he picks up oh, an assist. Doing a jobby for us. Far out. That'd be nice. Alrighty, let's move on to Liverpool versus Norwich. Luis Suarez's favourite game of the season. Uh, yeah, if, if anyone remembers, he had a ridiculous scoring record against Norwich where I think he got like 12 goals in like four yeah, games or averaged something. averaged a hat-trick every game pretty much. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Um, Josh, you guys should absolutely steamroll. This should be a pretty boring affair, correct? I hope so. Um, I hope it's a clean sheet and a comfortable win by a couple of goals. Um, I'll take that. Just take any three points at this stage. So um, good performance too. That's what that's what I like to see. You don't just you want the result against these teams, but you also want to see a good performance from the boys. Maybe get some of the um, like a Diaz and a Harvey Elliott out there again to roll the legs over a bit. So um, oh, that would I be think- ideal. I agree, Jose. I think they'll rotate their their squad um, in that fixture. They've got um, Inter either side of that. So, yeah, I think a good chance for Liverpool to rotate their squad and they will get it done. Yeah, I didn't I didn't say this yeah. before when we talked about Liverpool's last result, but I did want to mention that it seems like with, the, with new signings and a lot of players back from injury, Liverpool's squad feels quite complete and and healthy at the moment. So that's, that's good signs at the moment too. It's rare for you in the past two years. Uh, yeah, I, I think Liverpool stroll through this one pretty easy as well. It should be a pretty stock standard uh, win for them. Alrighty, let's move on to Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Bit of a London derby here. And uh, what do we think, Jobber? Uh, Crystal Palace, they also seem like they haven't played in a while as well. But uh, their form uh, isn't too good. Yeah, I think Wilf Zaha scored a nice goal last week, which was good to see, but um, I've still got his penalty fresh in my mind too. I'm just not 100% convinced Chelsea are out of this slump and nothing I've seen from them in recent nah. times suggests that they've gotten any different, but potentially a bit of a break might have helped them. Um, Crystal Palace have been relatively good this season. I do like them. I was heavily critical of them at the start of the season, but they seem to have found a bit of a rhythm. I just can't go past Chelsea. I know the Oracle win ratio is telling me something, but I just think that um, Chelsea are going to like do an absolute job on them here. And also, none of the last 21 Premier League meetings between these two teams have finished level. Uh, that's good to know because Crystal Palace do love a draw. I don't, like you said, Chelsea's form been average, but I don't think it's um, lose or draw to Crystal Palace level of average. I think they're coming out of the slump. Surely. Surely. <laughs> Can't seem to get any worse, can it? Yeah. Okay. No. Nah. Nah. Sure, where do where do you reckon? Yeah, I I think Chelsea will, will beat them here. Um I think it's just too critical a game for them to drop points on, and I think they'll go and get the job done. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Alrighty. Uh and so what are you you're in like probably you're a three game losing streak, you're playing some of the worst football you've played all season. Who do you want to face next week? Man City at home. And that's who Tottenham have got. So, I mean, it's up for debate here. How many? 
Five nil. <laughs> everything everything in me tells me five nil. But at the same time, Spurs are just that team that like they'll sneak out a, a victory or something like that. When <laughs> I thought you were going to say sneak a one. No, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll do what Norwich they'll couldn't. Get a, they'll get a victory or something like that and you just think, oh, actually maybe they could. And then they'll go to a team that they should definitely beat and then throw it away. So the most Spursy thing to do here would be to get a, a one nil victory and look solid. So I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I reckon it's going to be like that scene from Semi Pro where they score that sweet dunk and they're all celebrating, and the other team's already gone up the other end and scored, and they're going to get pumped four one. That's so true. They'll score the first goal and then concede a bunch. So do we doing like the camera in the corner, like setting it up, and the yeah, Man City have already scored two since then. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it it might not be pretty, but I think Conte will set the team up to just like not concede. They will still concede, but it will be like. A two 0 loss, I reckon. Like he won't, they won't. It'll set him it's up inevitable. to not get belted. Basically, that's that's what he'll that's what he set him up for. So yeah, I don't have uh don't have don't have much much hope for this game though. All right, the big derby of the weekend. We've got Leeds United versus Man United. Jobber, this one tends to go Rio Ferdinand either derby. way. Smith yeah. derby. Uh. Dan James um, fighting for Dan his James. Oh, yeah, Dan James, Darby, yeah, Dan James, yeah. Darby. Little nugget. The old, the old reverse Dan James, huh? Leeds Tim Flowers, Darby. Tim Flowers didn't play for Manchester United, did he? Didn't he? No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think he played for Leeds either. He did, definitely did. <laughs> Tim playing the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Tim Flowers? <laughs> Actually, he's on six sides. Look at Andy, Andy Flowers, the Zimbabwean cricketer. Um, <laughs> no, so, but um, I'm really excited about this because Leeds is a team we could beat. Um, so there's not many of those floating around right now, but stylistically, Manchester United have actually hammered them quite recently a number of times. I think it was 6-2 and there was 5-0 or 5-1 last year. So I genuinely think that um, that we could win this game and their style should suit ours where like they're just going to press forward and then Ronaldo is going to sneak a couple at the back stick. He'll probably get three. We'll win 5-1. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think five one. I reckon this will be a high scorer as well. I reckon I just always get that feeling with Leeds, and especially the way United are. I feel like Leeds could score, but I also think United can score more. So I feel like it, it will be like a a four two or four three or something like that. But you reckon, reckon like, Dan James will land one on Harry Maguire? Oh yeah, he's gonna run through his legs. Fold him like origami. <laughs> yeah, Dan James seems soft. He, 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 he would go over in a stick. Harry Maguire seems soft, though. Oh, yeah. Hey, can cross the ball. Can cross the ball. Harry, Harry got Dan. I don't think we give enough appreciation to the uh, how awful the Leeds fans are as well. Like, we talk about Everton fans being terrible and some of the other fans in the comp being terrible, but Leeds fans are pretty gross. Don't, <laughs> punch, yeah, yeah. don't, punch, down. don't punch down to them, Barney. <laughs> So this shit I've seen in the crowd has been absolutely disgusting. Teeth. Oh, alrighty. The last one we got here, the Inform Wolves come up against Leicester City. Sean O, this is going to be a tough one for you boys to get through. Do you reckon you can get something out of it? I, I doubt it. Like We just went through how Inform Wolves were and how inconsistent Leicester are and out of form they are at the moment, especially away from home. Yeah, I'd be happy with the point here and it wouldn't surprise me if Wolves did a little number on Leicester City here. Sean, you didn't check the form table. You guys can't draw this one. You just drawed. So you either win yeah, or lost. Yeah. It's, it's everything or nothing. Did you just say drawed? 
Yeah. <laughs> they just drawed. <laughs> well, they didn't draw. Um, so, Barney, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, the only thing stopping Wolves from putting a real number on Leicester here is the fact that Wolves don't really do that. No, but they're I, very I can't polite say, about a win, Yeah, they? they're very polite. They'll win, but they'll win with dignity and they'll let Leicester retain theirs as well. I just don't know how Leicester are going to score a goal against them, to be honest. I think it'll be mm. one or two nil and you can pretty much take that to the bank. Yeah, yeah. I reckon that's perfect summation of how this game's going to go. Yeah, I thank think you, so. Josh. That's really nice to hear. <laughs> no worries, Josh. <laughs> We're polite, like like wolves. All right, uh, the email bag's all dried up, but uh, Shauna, I believe you got something popping off in the social corner. Yes, boys. Here I am. I'm over in social corner over here. Tweet, tweet, buzz, buzz. Um, that's all I've got for the moment until um, producer Pete gets me a sting. Um, So I've been scouring the internet, hanging out in Social Corner, and uh, I've dug up a nice little tweet here from Wayne Rooney. Um, When I say dug up, it just sort of floated across my desk nicely (laughs) on a Monday. Um, So here we are. So as we know, Super Bowl was on on, on Monday, and Wayne, he was was there watching it. And uh, he has gone. He was was in LA. No, no, he's in uh, Derby um, in his oh, uh, mansion yeah. watching it. Okay. And so, but don't worry, he's taken to the Twitter sphere. Um, so here we are um, at Wayne Rooney trying to watch the Super Bowl final. Ugh, not, not what you call it, Wayne. Um, how do they call this football? Like watching paint dry, looking forward to the adverts and the music. So, oh, jeez, mate. <laughs> over I mean, here in Social Corner, um, Wayne is not liking it. Sean, you got the wrong Rooney this week for the social corner. Colleen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Colleen or Rebecca Vardy. Add it. Like, that's, that's news. That's real. Let's I'm, get I'm, Twitter I'm halfway through the Wayne Rooney doc- documentary actually, so um, I do need to get back to it. But, uh, yeah, that's all from uh, social corner, Barney. Well, tweet, tweet, buzz, he, buzz. Does he not? Uh, he reckons it's like watching paint dry. Has he not watched Derby play a full 90 minutes yet, has he? Oh, come mate, on, mate. Do yourself a, <laughs> a favor this week and go and look at how far Derby have come. So they had a 20, I think it's 20 or 21 point deduction start yeah. of the season, and they're like fourth last now. They could somehow avoid relegation. Doesn't mean they're playing good exciting, football, exciting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm not going to have any Such Wayne Rooney bashing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to hear it. <laughs> All righty. That is all we've got for the show. Anything else to add, boys? We'll leave it there. Nah, I'm good, thanks, Viva, boys. Viva Ronaldo. Viva Ronaldo. Viva Chavez. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Large one.